What's up, y'all? Welcome to Conversation Piece with Patrick Armstrong. I am the titular Patrick, and this is a show where we talk about the missing pieces of the conversations we're already having. Shout out to our returning listeners, and a high five and hello to everybody joining us for the very first time. I appreciate y'all being here in month two of 2024. My guest today is one of Indianapolis's very own, a rapper, songwriter, and record producer who has built a reputation as a voice of reason in the streets with his brand of sophisticated street music. His music is a blend of cerebral boom bap trap prophecies and braggadocious flows over modern productions with a message of introspection, self-awareness, and empowerment. His most recent album, 2023's Sorry For My Trauma, debuted at number six on the iTunes Rap and Hip Hop Albums chart, and it delves into the traumas and triumphs of his life on the east side of Indianapolis. It is an honor and privilege to welcome the dude Skip to the show. Skip, what's up? Going on, Pat. Appreciate you having me, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you joining me here in my home. We just discovered recently that we don't live too far apart. Not at all. And uh, unfortunately, this weekend I was out of town, so I couldn't hoop together. But for folks who don't know, we share the court from time to time as both teammates (laughs) and opponents. Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. It was very good. Good times. Very good times. (laughs) Really, really enjoyed it. I remember the first time that we played, and I was just like, this dude is playing for real. Because the (laughs) the group of guys that we play with, like, we play for real, but it's also like there's varying skill levels. And you came in and just raised the bar immediately. So I'm like, okay, I got to set my game up. I appreciate it. I I just go hard, like basketball. I'm too competitive, man. I hate losing. So (laughs) give my all. But what I really love is that you, even if you take an L on the court, like, it doesn't weigh on you, I don't feel like, and you're not like holding no grudges against right. the people yeah. that you played against or played with. Yeah. So I think that's really nice because I love the competition, man. Like yeah. I just want to get back out there and, and get my get my win. You know, if somebody beats me, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll be back. A hundred percent. You always are. You always, always are. Um, for folks who are listening, I gave you a little bit of intro, but if they don't know who you are, do you mind just sharing a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. You know, I go by the name of Skip. That's spelled S-K-Y-P-P. Um, I've been doing music since high school. I started writing in middle school, and um, just it just really took off in high school, though. And when I saw those results, it kind of gave me leeway, you know, made me realize this could be something, you know, making money throughout the high school, burning CDs and my video production class and just making money and having money in my pocket. I'm like, this is just the beginning. You know, I could really turn this into a career. 100%. Um, you started writing in middle school. Do you remember like the very the, the feelings that you had the first time you put the pen on the page and started to just creatively produce? Like what was that initial feeling like? Um I think I might have been a little discouraged, you know. Uh, I don't think it was as good as I would have liked it to be. Sure. But like I told you about basketball, man, I, I just go hard at everything. So I just felt like I wasn't going to settle for being mediocre. Yeah. So I just kept going and kept going. And, you know, uh, essentially I just – I grew. It's, it's inevitable. Like you're going to grow. Absolutely. You, know, keep, you keep working at something, you're going to grow and get better. A hundred percent. Was that something that you were – did you like tell anybody you're like, hey, I'm starting to write some raps. I'm like, I'm, I'm getting into this. Or was that something that you kept to yourself? How, how did that process play out? Um, I had two friends that uh, that was also on the same path. I had a buddy, Josh Halliburton, a buddy, uh, Justin Black. I don't remember what their artist names were, but uh, we always used to swap notebooks and stuff. And um, those were the two people who knew in middle school that I uh, wrote music and I had an experience you know, <laughs> I had an experience where two girls in a, in class, they came and they knew we were writing our raps and swapping books. So they came and took my book and uh, tr- opened it. You know, the teacher was away for a second and uh, they opened my book, stood in the middle of the class and just started reciting it in like a way that wouldn't make me sound good, even if it was good. Sure. You know, so it kind of it kind of it would hurt most people's feelings, but it kind of turned me up like it made me want to okay, oh, you think I'm a joke. You know, like, it made me want to turn into a beast, and that's exactly what I did. <laughs> I turned into a beast, and I made a song before, and I and I, I, I thanked them by name in the song, like, thank you for turning me into who I am. Like, there you go. I would have been so shy and bashful. You know, I probably would have never changed how nervous I was to break out, you know, but they made me want to break out. They made me want to, you know, be who I am. A hundred percent. Yeah. Were, was, were you a little introverted when you were growing up as a oh, kid? Oh, yeah, absolutely, okay. yeah. I mean, I, I just moved a lot. Yeah. We moved around a lot, so I never really made friends. This was, And actually, 
from this point moving forward, our life became consistent. But before then, it wasn't. Okay. So uh, I was always introverted because I just didn't know anybody well enough. Sure. But uh, you know, I, I definitely built some real strong, uh, built some real strong relationships with people moving forward from that moment. A hundred percent. Who was? So you're you you find yourself settling now where you're at, and you're starting to write a little bit. Um, what was the indie hip hop scene like back then? And what were you, who, who was inspiring you at that time? Yeah. So the hip hop scene in Indianapolis was thriving. Um, it was mainly, uh, a scene that I like to call like the Midwest leak scene. I'm not sure mm. if you ever heard of Midwest leak, yep. but, uh, you know, they had 100 ENT, which was Dro man. He had the jiggle eight song, uh, T easy and his whole camp. Swole, uh, he had a song called Ice Cold Maxi. Uh, he was known as Young Tone back then. Uh, Little Nut, like it was just, it was thriving, man. Yeah. Uh, Goldie P was doing his thing out in Atlanta with Young Jeezy, um, and he's actually the first person that took a liking to us. Besides Swole, I believe it. Yeah, I think it was Swole first, then it was Goldie P. But uh, it was just like it felt so exclusive to be a part of it. You sure. know what I mean? So it was just thriving. It's a much different scene now than what it was then. Yeah. And, like, seeing those folks doing their thing and, like, to have, like, that culture and community at that time, you know, like, it's thriving then, maybe not necessarily now. It Was that also the drive to, like, oh, I can succeed in this game? Yeah, I just wanted to be in that conversation in, in those communities. Like, like I said, it was exclusive. Yeah. So, of course, it, it made me want to get better and keep writing and hopefully one day be a part of those be a part of that community and in those conversations and in those rooms. A hundred percent. Yeah. What was the first, what was the first time you found yourself in that room? Oh, that's a great question. Um, when we were in high school, me and my guy, Big Woog, back then he was known as Woogie and we were a rap group called Wise Click. Um, I think the homie Swole, because we were recording at Sky High Productions and Swole was a part of Sky High Productions. And uh, he walked in, heard us rap. And um, you know, he was just like, "Hey, I want to make a song with y'all too." You know, okay. so Swole was a big deal in, in that point in time because he had a hit song called "Ice Cold" that still goes crazy to this day. Yeah, um, that was probably the first time, and then the second time was a uh, uh, Woog's mom actually worked with Goldie P at uh, some kind of, I think, assistant living home or something, and uh, she let Goldie P hear our music, and uh, he took a strong liking to us and uh, invited us out to Maxie's video shoot. Maxie was a very big deal at that time. Goldie P was a big deal. He invited us out, and we were around all the legends of the city, you know, yeah. just young 16-, 17-year-old kids. So those were probably the first two times I felt like I was a part of the community. That's what's up. Um, it's interesting, you know, You, I feel like you hear about people recording in studios and just, like, really starting and, and to cut their teeth, and then somebody comes across them, right. like, that's been operating in that scene. It's like, oh, okay, you're, you're really doing it out here, yeah. and you get that invite what was it like to then be on that set? Like you're in the room now, like right. you're around these legends that you've been listening to. It's like in the city. What were you, did it feel like you made it or is it like, this is the first step or the yeah. next step on definitely, this journey yeah. that I'm on? It definitely felt like the first step. Cause uh, like Goldie P was not hesitant to in introduce us to everybody there. For sure. And uh, like this video shoot in particular was at a park. Um, everybody had their old school cars out, you know, so Goldie P took our CD uh, and put it in the CD player, like the loudest car, and just bumped it so loud. Everybody's like, "Who is he? Who is this?" <laughs> you know. So it just it just felt really exclusive, you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. we didn't we didn't let it go to our head. Like we knew this was just the beginning. Like they're right. just hearing about us. We like we won over their ears. Now it's time to win over their hearts. That's Ooh, how I, I love felt. That. Yeah, that's how I felt about it. I'm like, okay, now the door is open. So let's kick it in and let's go. I love that. Okay, what's the journey like from this point? Because, you know, we're going to talk about Sorry for My Trauma here in a second, but you've been very prolific. Like, yeah. you've put out not just a lot of albums, but a lot of mixtapes. You've been featured on a lot of songs. Right. Where does that, like, showing up on that set, finding a little bit of that validation, that recognition, where does that take you from that point leading into 2023? Well, the way me and Big Wood work, man, we just, like, like I said, we just hit full throttle. We started dropping more and more mixtapes. I, I started something called Skip Saturdays, which is like legendary in Indianapolis. Okay. Um, every Saturday I would drop a freestyle. I got to about, I think, 130-something editions before. Damn. Yeah, before I was forced out of the SoundCloud community for copyright infringement, <laughs> rapping on other people's oh, beats. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they told me I had two strikes, and that after the third strike, they would take down every edition. So I figured I would just go ahead and vault them and let them stay there. 
rather than losing sure. them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, things just went up. I ended up going solo um, after a couple years um, because I, I had a, I just had different expectations for myself and it was certain stuff we were, we were rapping about that I, did, I just didn't want to entertain it anymore. I wanted to be a more sure. reality, you know, artist rather than, you know, speaking about stuff that, yeah. that didn't make me feel good. Um, so, yeah, I went solo and honestly, everything just went up. Everything just went up. It kind of felt surreal and it happened so fast. Uh, but it was definitely a, a time for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Two questions out of that. The first one is when is there ever a time skip Saturdays like that vault opens up? Can you pull all of that off SoundCloud, find another way to release? Is there ever a time that we, we might be able to get that back? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely considered it. I have a website and uh, I actually had loaded up a page and found a little uh, MP3 player that you can put on like your website. And skip Saturdays is on there. Okay. Um, Continuing it, though, is a different conversation. Like, I, I wouldn't mind doing it. I just feel like it's a different day and age, and I just don't know if it would sure. be as successful For as sure. it was then because nobody was doing that. Yeah. Now you got people dropping songs every week, dropping albums every, every month. Like, it's just not the same. It is, it, it's really not. <laughs> yeah. it, doesn't, it feels like, well, we're in this time of uh, immediacy culture where right. it's just like everything – I don't even know if it's a sense of urgency. It just happens really fast. Right. And it can feel, I think, really diff or it can feel difficult to keep up all the yeah. time. And it feels like you almost have to produce. And then we were talking before we hopped on here, like it can be, it can get to a point where it's just like your quality suffers because right. you're trying to achieve quantity. And I don't know if that's like people stay relevant that way, but. I don't know. For me, it's not necessarily that way. I do a weekly show, but it's like I want to do a quality show. It's right. not like I'm trying to do a show every week. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, I would have to do something super unique and different to continue Skip Set. It couldn't just be a regular freestyle For every sure. week. Like, I don't know. I had to brainstorm on it. But trust me, people have been asking me since I stopped. And <laughs> I think 2019 was the last time I put one out. Yeah, they've been asking nonstop. So the demand is there. All yeah, right, second is. question is – you know, you talked about it just been going up and I heard you share on another show about how like each one of your successive albums, every time you dropped on iTunes has charted higher. Right. And so can you talk about like what that feeling is to see each successive project continue to rise on right. that album? Like, what is that? What is that? What was that feeling like for you? Is, is that just pure validation or, or what does that look like, you know, as you continue on? Yeah, it's validation, but it's really just nerve-wracking because, like, you don't want to go backwards, sure. right? So it's just like, man, I, I, I outdid myself last time. Am I, is it even possible for me to <laughs> outdo myself again? And I've just been grateful and blessed to just keep outdoing myself. And uh, I, I, I honestly don't I don't know how I'm going to outdo myself this time. Like, I, <laughs> I was number six, yeah. so I would have to crack the top five. Um, I don't know. I mean, but I'm not going to put it past myself because I've already proven my, to myself that I can keep raising the bar. So I'm just trying to be creative. On my last album, my promotional pieces were like skits, which was really different and which really raised so much awareness because it was non-music content. Sure. You know, they're used to getting music from me, but not comedy skits, you know. Sure. So it kind of drove the traffic up and the expectation, you know, it was pretty cool. Yeah, let's talk about that then. Let's let, let's talk about Sorry for My Trauma. I love the idea of, you know, taking a different route. And I think one of the things that I really loved about this album was the interspersing of, like, the voicemail aesthetic from different people in your life. Right. You know, affirming all of these things that you're doing, talking about the different stages that you've been in. And I don't think that we talked about this last time, but, you know, promoting via skits. What was it like to step into this different role of maybe actor i don't know if you consider yourself an actor but like putting these types of skits together to right. put these things out what was it like to evolve in that way i encourage you pat to listen to my 2021 album king of indiana okay it's a title you won't forget yeah the most theatrical album you'll probably ever hear it's like right. a movie but it's a you know it's an album but that's what i do like these things i have an album called 10th which is very movie themed okay okay uh, 10th king of india like these are things i like to do to build a storyline okay so you've you been know? doing it though. yes yeah, yeah this yeah. is probably the least creative one i've done with <laughs> <Okay>. voicemails because <laughs> it was so rushed like i always tell myself i need to have some kind of aspect of the album that feels like a storyline that adds more than music it's more personal you know uh king of indiana i outdid myself with the storyline okay like, the skits are crazy sure but um 
yeah, like this was like the least that I I did. I, I just kept thinking about if this is about my trauma, who can speak on that? And I'm like, who better than the people who watched me go through it? You know what I mean? 100%. So I reached out to maybe 10 or 15 people, and I'm just like, hey, just call me, uh, leave me a voicemail, and just talk about, you know, what you appreciate about my growth sure. from then to now. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think that's really interesting you say that because I feel like this project itself is very narrative driven too. Right. At least the way that I took it, I, th- I feel like it's you know from Ghetto Child to my real name is Byron is this one through line of like your entire journey, or at least as much as you want to share with us. Um, how is that different then from your other projects? You say it might be the least cinematic in that way of, right. in terms of storyline, but. What's different about this particular project as opposed to the things that have come before? Just how personal it is. Like, I've always speaking generally about struggles and stuff, sure. but I've never talked about alcohol abuse in my family. You know what I mean? I've never, well, I've talked about my, my dead friends, but not to the depth that I spoke about it and sorry for my trauma. Sure. You know, like, it just got much deeper and much more personal and introspective. Like, I don't know. I just, everything I was ever uncomfortable talking about, I talked about yeah. on this one album. You know, uh, like I said, I've always been a reality artist. Sometimes I rap about other people's stories. It wouldn't even be my story. Just general stuff. Right. But this, I've never been this deep into my personal life. Okay. What was the impetus for that? We talked about, again, before we hopped on here, that you have, like, creative spurts, essentially. Right. You take two or three months to really put something out, and then you'll take a little bit more time off and then yeah. come back to the creative process again. What was that creative process like for Sorry for My Trauma? Like, yeah. what what birthed this? Inspired by therapy, 100%. Um, I started therapy during COVID because I had a lot of time with nothing, basically just being a... Uh, what was it called? We were stuck in the, in the houses, uh, quarantined. Yeah, 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 yeah. The lockdowns. Yeah, man. And uh, <laughs> so much, so much time to think, man. You know, an idol's mind is an idol mind is a devil's playground. So, I just felt like I, a lot of things were coming to the forefront mentally, and I just felt like I needed to address them. And uh, you know, I just had too much time, man. And um, I'm a thinker. So as I was going through my therapy process with my uh, therapist. He just uh, kept telling me to incorporate these things into my music. And I'm just like, I don't know about that. Like, this is this is a little too deep, you know. But he, he's like, trust me, man. Like, you don't have to put it out. Just, yeah. just, just that's, that's how you express yourself. Just write it down. Sure. Started doing it. I actually wrote in uh, pen and pad, which I, I, I never do anymore. Like, it's been years since I've literally wrote something down. I would do it in my phone. Right. Just felt different, man. And I'm just reading back. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. Like, this needs to be, this needs to be released right you know i I didn't want to hold that in yeah for sure um what was so obviously the pandemic much very much a uh i want to say influence but like a prompt for wanting to go to therapy was there anything else that was like driving you to do that like anybody's like oh skip i think you need to go you know talk to to somebody to just whatever or how did that journey in particular start well i'll tell you what my, my wife is a therapist Okay. Um, she encouraged me, but I think what really did it was her persuading me to go to premarital counseling. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So we we went to premarital counseling, and uh, I just I just liked how it felt. You know, I'm just like, okay, this is different. I'm not used sure. to talking. Uh, here's a person that knows how to get me to talk. You know, they've been trained to make me feel comfortable speaking. Sure. And uh, I was speaking, man, and I'm just like. I think I might want to do this for myself. Like this is this is cool for our relationship, but it, I think this would be very helpful for me personally. Yeah. So I just took it amongst myself to go ahead and reach out to a few different uh, therapy companies and just try to find the right fit first, the right yeah. match. And um, I don't regret it, man. For sure. Not 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 one bit. I love it because I recently started my therapy journey six months ago, and. You know, I think one of the things that scared me away from it for so long was finding that right person. I had heard a lot of people share their stories and like interviewing like five, ten different people and still struggling to find that right person. Um, And I was lucky enough to to whittle it down to two and then find that that person for me. And it's been life changing. You know, it's had the single greatest impact on my life outside of meeting my wife who, if I had not met, I don't know that I would be at this position right now. Um, What was it like to find your person uh, as a therapist? What in in that person? Like, what was that? How did that feel? 
Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, having the wrong person made me feel like therapy was a waste of time. Mm. Um, but when I did finally find the right person, like it, it just felt, I don't know, like kind of supernatural. Because oh, yeah. like that person can read you and they know what to ask. They know what not to ask in the moment, depending on how your vibe is and, you know, how, how you feeling that day. I don't know, man. It's just kind of like the chemistry is it's ridiculous, man. And we have such a good, good relationship. Sometimes I'm the therapist. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's, just, it's great. And, and uh, I think it happens sooner than later for me, which is sure. pretty cool. I, I know some people probably have a struggle yeah. finding their match. But, uh, man, it's just, I don't know. It's life-changing, like you said. Yeah. I agree. Well, it's like, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people about what it means to be in community with other folks. Right. And I think, like, for me, finding the Asian-American community, the adoptee community was really important. But what, where I really hit my stride was when I found, like, the people, like, my people in that, in those respective communities. And I feel the same with therapy. Like, you find that right person, and it's like, oh, damn, like, I'm on the move now. Like, we're right. really, like, making progress. Um, and I think it's so... Like, I, it's really hard to to describe the impact without, like, really, really getting into the whole story of, like, why you're in therapy or, like, what you're really talking about and uncovering. And I don't want to – we're not going to drag all that out today because we'll be here for another four hours, but uh, <laughs> yeah. if not longer. But, I mean, it's just so – powerful and important and when i was growing up you know therapy was stigmatized mental health was like, especially in men like this is not something you talk about you don't talk about your feelings you just right. live your life and you suck right. it up you don't cry you know and i feel like i was always very emotional but i was never in touch with those emotions and now yeah. being in therapy has like helped me get to really this point of being able to resource and manage those things in a healthy way and not like suppress them but like work with them to create even better stuff um i think another interesting thing is like sorry for my trauma came out of some of these sessions with your with the right. therapist who's like encouraging you to to write down some of these things that you're thinking about that you're talking about what was it like to collaborate i'm assuming that you've you know you've worked with a lot of other artists and and you've collaborated with them on music and, and you've done a lot of that what was it like to collaborate with your therapist to essentially make this album? Yeah, it was very different because when you collaborate with an artist, like they recommend stuff that would make the song better, but he recommended stuff that not only made the song better, but made me better and made mm. me dive deeper into what was already written. So I would take back lyrics to him. Like, this is what I wrote today. I, I would kind of read it more, more so as a poem than a, a rap verse, sure. but I read it to him and he just, he would ask me questions about what I wrote. Oh man, so what triggered that that thought when you wrote that? Or tell me more about the story of that part. You know what I mean? Like, and it just, mm. it'll make me think deeper into what I'm saying. So essentially, I'm I'm writing a, a song, which is good because I'm creating music and an album, but I'm also unpacking stuff, right? That I didn't know was you know packed up. Yeah. So it was pretty cool, <laughs> man. Didn't know that it was packed up. That's a good. I like <laughs> I like that that language the way you put that. Um. One of my favorite tracks is that that closer, My Real Name is Byron. Mm -hmm. And you talk a little bit about how the moniker of Skip came to be, which resulted in, you know, having to leave Byron behind. Right. Um, obviously, you have been in therapy, working through this, unpacking it. Um, what has come of this process of reclaiming or reconnecting with young Byron or or that version of yourself as you've been Skip and as you've been going through this new process now and as this album has come about, what has that been like? Just mental and emotional stability. Mm. You know, it's just like I was very unstable for a majority of my life. It wasn't until I was about 28, 29 where I finally found some stability because I understood. I understood where everything stemmed from. Sure. And I addressed it. And I may not have solved everything, but I addressed it. And I right. just felt better about myself knowing that I, I tried. You know what I mean? I still try every day. But I never was stable mentally or emotionally. I lost so many friends. I think I've lost over 30, 30 friends if I got to just throw a number out there. So all yeah. that stuff was just building up on, on top of the fact that I had an identity crisis going on. Sure. So I, I think just therapy and all that whole journey just helped me find some stability, finally. Yeah. And I got out the streets, and I got a job. Now I got financial stability. You know, I'm, I know I'm going to get a check every, you know. It's just stability, honestly. Sure. Like, 
And that's probably the most important part of life. And it's so underrated is stability. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think it's so underrated? I feel like there's a lot of reasons for you, I guess. Why do you feel like it was always un- or always deemed underrated? Because I don't feel like you can ever progress if you're not stable. Mm. I feel like if you're just always up and down, like you're going to, it's going to break even. Sure. But I don't think it's going to consistently move forward. Mm. You know, stability is consistency. Right. If you're inconsistent, then are you really moving forward? Like you might go 20 steps forward one day and feel like you made great progress, but for the next four four days, you might go back five steps. Right. That's still 20. You still broke even. Right. You know what I mean? But that's uh, inconsistency. There's nothing good about that. It's like the major like peaks and valleys of life. And it's not necessarily like a, like you said, consistent climb. Right. It is just like you're, you're suffering from the ups and downs without, I don't know. Yeah. Like you're not making progress. You're I not guess. Making, it, it feels like you are because yeah. some days are really good days. Yeah. But then you have a stretch of bad days and it's like, oh, did I even make it anywhere after all that? You know, but right. stability is where you take five steps forward a day. Every day, mm. and maybe you will have a bad day, but you took so you had so many good days, you know you've moved forward. Mm. That's the consistency. Yes, I it's, love it. And the stability, yeah, I love it. Um, another thing that your music, I think, has always done, but particularly in this album, has shedding this specific experience of what it means to be black, not just only in America, but specifically here in Indianapolis. Right. How do you define that experience for this city? I guess, from your specific perspective, and as somebody who's been able to travel around the country and experience black America and all these other places, how do you feel like it differs from other cities like a Chicago or Atlanta or, or somewhere else? I just feel like people don't even realize it's a black community in Indiana. Mm. Like when I travel anywhere, they're, they're like, where are you from? Indiana. Really? Indiana? Like it just has a reputation. Sure. And, and there's nothing black about the reputation of Indiana. So it's kind of like trying to find your voice in this in this city and state. This city is probably the most, probably has the most black people out of Indiana. Sure. The rest of them are like predominantly white or whatever else. Like right. It's not many black people, but it's like trying to find your voice. Like sometimes we get stuck in our own community where we're like, oh, we got to go impress this person in the community. or But we don't realize how big of a, a world it is out there because we're just so used to being closed in and and, and like... I want to say abandoned, but it's like the, the rest of Indiana doesn't acknowledge our sure. small community. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe that's our fault. I don't know. I don't really know how far that, how deep that gets, but it just feels like our voices are being suppressed. And it feels like everything we do never breaks out of this city. And I think that's some of our fault. Uh, but at the same time, I, I, I don't know. It's a battle. That's so interesting. Um, I had Samson Levingston on the show uh, last or the episode before this one, and he talked about how because he's big into history, you know, and particularly black history in the state. And he said there's not really any point that you can look at where there hasn't been black people affecting the history of the state. Right, you really can't see that. That is true. But like what you're saying though is if it's not an indie, people don't really understand or realize that, right. and it can feel maybe not just suppressive, but oppressive in a way, like yeah. where it's just like people don't want to know for yeah. whatever reason, especially in these predominantly white areas that surround Indianapolis. Um, we talked earlier about you shared how the scene, the music scene here particularly was very much thriving mm-hmm. and it's not like that anymore. Yeah. And do you think that has contributed to this inability at the moment to break beyond the Indianapolis barrier? Yeah, because like I said, that's a it falls right under the stability and consistency mm, umbrella. Sure. Because it's like if we would have been able to keep that um, momentum that we had then up until now, we'd be in a totally different place. But it's like we had to start over because we took so many steps back. Sure. We're making we're taking steps forward, but we took so many steps back. We're behind. Yeah. So even though we feel like so progressive right now, like oh man, we we're killing it. We're still trying to catch up for all the time we lost. Sure. Because everything just went to went to hell for like it's like a seven year stretch. Everything just went to hell, and Can now sh- we're building something. Yeah, yeah. Can you share like what happened at that time? Like you said, it, w- it was there, and then yeah. stuff happened, and it fell off, yeah. and now we're trying to get back. Like just, what? Yeah. What? What? What went on that? Just a lot of back? drama, a lot of okay. drama, a lot of murders, a lot of imprisonment. Um, our top artists, and I mean literally all of them, either died or went to prison. And for that, for that moment in time. Yeah. The, that, that that was thriving, every one of them except for maybe Maxie. Um, 
tragic, stayed out of trouble. The rest of them, they, they died or they went to prison. And I'm talking about every single one. Damn. So what what's left at that point? Sure. You got a lot of people who weren't big names, but, you know, they were respected, trying to carry the torch for the people. But right. it's like the same thing. We're taking steps backwards when we lose now. Right. Now we got to build up people who weren't at their level, sure. you know, and it, it just didn't work. Like, it didn't make sense. Yeah. You know, so we kind of hurt ourselves with that, just all the violence in our community and all the, the petty beef, you know. Uh, it just, it just, everything fell apart, and now there is no street scene anymore. Now it's more of a hip-hop scene. Okay. Rather than, like, a rap scene. And gotcha. There's a big difference between rap and hip-hop. So gotcha. we have more of a hip-hop-driven scene now, which is good for us. But, like I said, it's going to be a minute before that scene can get to where that other scene was. Sure. Because if... For people who don't know, can you define the difference between rap and hip hop? Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like rap is a subsidiary of hip hop. I feel like hip hop is the ultimate uh, genre. Okay, it's like but, the like the uh, like the umbrella yeah, thing yeah. that things fall under. Like it's way more universal. Hip hop okay, is okay, universal. Okay. You might Wu Tang Clan is hip hop. Sure, but then you got rap, which is not under, but it's like a form of hip hop. Hip-hop is the big dog, but rap is a form of hip-hop to me. Right. So rap is like a little more gritty, you know, a, a little more dark. Sure. Um, that's just how I look at it, you know. Yeah. That's, that's how it was taught to me, that hip-hop was the universal language and rap was kind of like the streets language. And you, you feel know? like we are more of a hip-hop scene now Absolutely. than before. Way more diverse. Okay. Uh, extremely diverse now. And what do we do? You, you said that, like, we are taking those five steps forward now. Yeah. It looks like. What is that? I guess, what does that look like? I feel like we just have way more corporate uh, approval now. Mm. Like, we're on news stations consistently. They're, they're letting us come and perform songs on the sure. news stations. Gang Gang is, shout out to Gang Gang. They are doing incredible things. Shreese. Yep. Doing incredible things. This stuff didn't exist then. It was just hot names. Sure. It wasn't hot events and and news stations accepting us in. Like, a news station wouldn't have let those rappers rap on their news. Sure. You know what I mean? But now we have people who make mu acceptable music to, you know, mainstream. Sure. To the mainstream. So uh, it's just a much different climate. Yeah. Honestly. Well, it's like a timing thing. Do you think it's like timing, too? Like, I don't want to say that we had to, or the scene had to experience the right. seven years of tragedy and trauma, right. you know, to get to this point. Um, but for whatever reason... Like, at least from this perspective, it feels like it was almost the wrong time for this to happen. And I hate to use even the language of, like, it's acceptable now to right. have rap or hip-hop be mainstream type of thing. Right. But it does feel like we're at a place where it's like, okay, we can listen to this and we'll be happy with it. Right. I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. I think it's subjective, but I don't think you're wrong. Sure. Yeah. Um. What, like... We have Shreese, Gang Gang is doing a lot, and, like, we're seeing, we're just seeing a lot of growth, I feel like, and a lot, like you said, it's just, like, you're seeing people on the news now, which mm -hmm. I think is so interesting yeah. to see people performing there in a place that is not necessarily social media culture. Yeah, it's not but, made for that, yeah. Yeah, but, it, it, but, but, but still, it's, like... In Indiana, in Indianapolis specifically, that's still a platform that you want. That's like Absolutely. a great logo to throw on your thing that, as you promote yourself. Um, who are some people that you're seeing right now? Because you also talked about, you know, we had to build up names that right. didn't have the credibility or hadn't been in the game for long before. And right. then we've we've lost so many people. Now we have to build up new folks. Like, who are you seeing that's starting to come up? Maxie's still here doing mm -hmm. his thing. You're still here doing your thing. Who else is breaking into this scene or um, has been here that yeah. we're really starting to throw some shine at. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of my favorite artists is baby Ebony. I think he's amazing. Um, you got young guys like 4,200 Corey who was really like stepping on people and he's not, <laughs> he's going <laughs> extremely hard and he's smart. He's not just music driven. He's okay. more, he's business minded also. Um, Draco McCoy, you know, like mm -hmm. always been a, pretty dope and consistent artists. Like, honestly, I could literally go a million years. Like, we, sure. have, we have no shortage of artists in this city. Um, and the talent, like I said, is so diverse and it's so, like, it's all over the place. You got Sirius Black and Oreo Jones who make a brand of hip hop I've never heard. Uh, Draco is, is more like, he, he, he's even in his rock bag. He sure. like, meshes, meshes together rap and hip and uh, 
hip hop and rock. You know, like it's just it's way more diverse. Yeah. And then you got your regular, you know, your street rappers and you got your backpack rappers. Like we don't we have no shortage of artists, man. I think that's a beautiful thing. Do you is there something is there like a collective or coalition that's come bringing people together too to like take this? Well, okay, let me actually ask you this. Do you think because we have such a diverse sound now that there is such a thing in the hip hop scene of Indianapolis as an Indianapolis sound? We used to have a sound. Okay. But I don't think there is a sound anymore. Okay. Do you uh, think that's a strength or a weakness? I think as of right now, it's it could be a weakness. Um, because as we're trying to make a name for our city, we don't have that consistency of a sound. Okay. When you listen to Memphis rap, it's it all sounds the same. Detroit. It all sounds the same. Sure. You know, but we don't have that here. It's super. We used to have it, though, but it's just super diverse uh, now. That feels like a good evolution, I think, yeah. you know, to have a diverse, a diversity of sound. Yeah, it is. But it's it's just it's just there's no Naptown sound. Like if if someone was to hear if someone was, was to try to, like, make a, a Naptown song, like we have nowhere to start. So it's kind of a weakness. Interesting. But at the same time, it's not a weakness because it's like we can pick from all of these sounds we have. Yeah. But I don't think anyone's going to do that because it's going then it's going to seem like oh I'm you're jocking my sound. You know mm, what I mean? Sure. And it's too it's just too much pride in the city. Everybody wants to be the first to make it. You know, because okay. no one has made it. So it 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 turns into a pride thing at that point. Sure. You know? But that back can be then, a weakness sometimes. Yeah. Where I mean, we let it get the pride or ego get in front of what we, what what could help us collectively. Right. You know, all come up. And I'll tell you what, what made what made us have a sound then, it was the producers. Okay. Everybody wanted to shop with the hot producers. Mm. So a producer has a sound. Right. Naturally. Like they have a certain way they want their beats to sound. And that's what made it a sound. Swifty Gift was the hottest producer in the city. He he did Jiggalate. He did all the hot beats. And his beats had a, a consistent sound. Yeah. And uh and that that's that was our sound then, you know. Okay. And now we don't have that. We have too many producers. Too many producers. Yeah, too many producers. Okay. Which is a like it's not a weakness. Right. But it's not a strength for us either. You know? Right. We're still figuring out. Again, we're still like taking the five steps to build, you know, something again of right. what it was. Yeah. And bring all of these diverse sounds together right. as one thing. Um this is very interesting. I wonder. Well, okay, I'm wearing nap or nothing. Me too. You got your well, nap. Well, I got Slum House, but it's slum still house, nap yeah. or nothing. Yeah. But like I think that's so interesting what he's doing with that brand and right. bringing other bringing artists underneath that just a nap or nothing label to like produce creative out, outlets like this, like clothing, also to host shows and do things, you know, in the space. Um, do you think that could be that potential umbrella yeah. that we could that we could operate under? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I speak to them about this all the time because we had something called the 465 movement back in those days where yeah. it was thriving. It didn't work because of prize and egos, sure. but Ironically, I just reached out to those people, and Maxi was one of the people, and I'm like, maybe we should give this another try. Okay. Like, we don't have to call it the 465 movement, right. but we should give it another try. I think it's a good time to do that. Yeah. And uh, they were they're willing to sit down and talk about it. I've just been too busy to follow up. Sure. But it's super possible. Like I've been talking to Maxi about pushing an app or nothing brand further outside of apparel. Right. Like I know it could work. Yeah. Without well, then doubt. that's something that you can take to another city. Like, okay, so people don't know this, but we're recording our second conversation. In our last conversation, we <laughs> talked about how do we take a group of artists from indie with this diverse sound and go to a Chicago, uh, mm -hmm. a Louisville, or just some other place, you know, that's drivable. But then, like, go there, and it's not just, oh, that's Skip from Indiana. It's like, oh, that's the Nap or Nothing crew. That's right. Naptown. Like, Absolutely. that's that sound. Um, like, I think that's so interesting, and that's, like you said, it's so possible. Right. Is, is it just about starting to have these conversations now? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it's that and, and putting our prize to the side, which I don't think prize will be much of an issue in our, in our, uh, in today's. Sure. Yeah. And what we have today won't be much of an issue. Sure. You know, we have way more accepting artists and mm. humble artists, and it's, it's just not, they don't make it about them. Right. That's what, like, that's why Shreese works. Yes. You know, but. For uh, sure. I think it it could absolutely work without a doubt in my mind. It's just going to take the conversation, like you said, and somebody stepping up and putting themselves last, which is really hard for me to do. You actually like, why have you done it, Skip? Because I don't want to be, sure. I don't want to put myself last. Like I feel like 
I guess that's a part of the pride. Right. Well, <laughs> um, that's what we talked about when at the very beginning of this conversation. What got you into this? What really excited you about it was that rap is a, and, and hip hop is this way to success, this way to make it. And, you know, especially at that time, but just kind of any in, in general, success doesn't always fall on the we. Like it's it, it very internal, right. but it can be part of that collective. It's just, it, and I don't even necessarily think it's about putting your pride or your ego aside all the time. It's about how do we mesh and mold all these things together. Right. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. I'm excited for it. Yeah, me too. I, it's it's tough. Yeah. I wish there was a non-artist person that could just take the lead and, you know, pick who he thinks is, you know, right now and, and just move forward with it. But it's going to be hard for an artist to lead this. Sure. Because what's going to happen is if, if Skip decides to do this and Skip makes himself a priority artist. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even got to finish it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and then even if you didn't do that, like people would probably in their own minds have this perception that if you didn't pick them, oh, Skip is, you know, this is the Skip right. show. Yeah, and I Skip picked his friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's going to be tough. And I think about these type of things because my I'm more. Uh, solution driven like I, sure. want, I want to find solutions yeah i don't want to just you know try to dig myself out of holes i didn't have to be in in the first place exactly why would we put ourselves in the hole when we can when we don't have to go down there we right. can start here you know and, and the consistency part of that and the stability part of that is so key and i like I, I hadn't thought about that but it i think you're right i don't know if it can be an artist right who puts the coalition together because it's like they don't have to remove themselves in that way because it wasn't an artist last time that did it. Okay. That started it. It was the artist that killed it, but it wasn't the artist that started it. Sure. And that's why the artists were able to sit down and listen. Because it's like, okay, I can listen to this guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's not trying to take my spot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who yeah. uh, so like what role did they hold them? They were like the DJs community. and okay. um producers and just people who had like pull in the industry. It might be executive, gotcha. executive decisions, you know, but what not an artist. Okay. Nobody that could that could threaten my spot. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Well we need to find we need to get those people. We, ha we have we have them. Yeah, yeah. And, and those are the people I, I were talk I was talking to about it. Gotcha. Like, hey, let's sit down and try to figure this out. And I threw out I even threw out some other names of people who could, you know, be great leaders for this cause. Sure. Who didn't who also weren't artists. So, I mean, sure. honestly, they told me to reach back out. I just never did because, you know, life is you crazy. You got, yeah. you got stuff going on and you got to hoop too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of hooping and speaking of like this particular topic, like we are coming off the back of the All-Star Game hosted mm -hmm. here in the city. Um, I think it's big for a lot of different people and organizations for a lot of different reasons. Big right. for the city itself, uh, for a lot of eyes to now be on Indy. I think now, like having had this conversation it makes me think about how the artists in this city could potentially use this as a platform to, or a springboard to maybe like think about, Oh, how can we come together and really kickstart this conversation? Right. Um, for you and your, and from your perspective, like what do you hope comes out of this big moment for Indianapolis as an artist? And do you think that this can serve as a catalyst for those types of conversations we've been talking about? It could. Um, we have some pretty cool people who are a part of the All-Star Weekend Committee, uh, local people who have uh, a good interest. They have our best interests as artists yeah. and, as, and as just an Indianapolis community. Um, they've been unleashing some things and they've been trying to do what they can for us, but ultimately these conversations should have been started. Sure. Um, it's going to help us. Um, it's going to help our city, that is. I don't know if it's going to help us, okay. but it's going to help our city. Our city yeah. is going to grow from this. Um, I just don't know if we have put into place everything we could have for to make sure we're secure, too. Mm. So maybe okay. it, maybe there could be some exposure because, like, they're going to be – there's going all of our places that we regularly visit and perform at are going to be packed with stars. Sure. Um, hopefully we can get in those doors and get some exposure. If we can't get in those doors, hopefully we can be outside those doors waiting for them to come out. Sure. To get exposure. Like the opportunities are are endless. Yeah. I just think the key word is opportunity. Right. We're going to have to build some opportunities for ourselves because they may not be given to us in this. I don't think we were prepared, you know. Um, but I mean, there like I said, gang gang, uh, and that whole all-star committee, 
they're doing what they can for us. Sure. It's just we didn't we didn't put them in a position to, to make it easy for us. Interesting. Yeah. In what way do you think that in what way were they not did you not put them in the position, I guess? I just feel like we started too late. Like okay. people just started having these conversations like in the past year. Like, hey man, we we need to start uh getting ready for All-Star weekend, making sure we got a uh a stage, you okay. know, we should have been booking these places and making them go through us, right? So that we have some pool, sure, stuff like that. But we didn't do that, right? Um, it's like instead of like right as it got announced, in right. 2024 All Star, and we like instead of hitting the ground running, then it yeah. was you know we wait for a year. We just kept waiting. Going. Some people are still just now about to make their move, but at this point, it's too late. Things are already secure, sure. whether they've been announced or not. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, and uh. We just we just was we weren't prepared and we 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 weren't we we just didn't do what we should have done we, we did something yeah just not what we should have done sure I think it's a good I mean I think at the end of the day even if it doesn't happen in the way that it could have happened I think it's a good lesson absolutely and I think that what I really hope comes out of All Star is that people will genuinely see that Indianapolis is not just the flyover country it's not yeah. just the place that you bring your corporation to. Or that, you know, you can host like a one-off event. It's like right. someplace that we can have sustainable cultural impact. And because there is culture here. And yeah. even if you don't necessarily think about it, because I think when Indianapolis gets roped into the rest of Indiana, and I'm from the rest of Indiana, I don't have a problem with it really. But at the end of the day, like it is a pretty stark difference. It is yeah. almost white and black, you know, when you think about it. And what I hope comes out of this is that People can just see, okay, there are reasons to come here for events and, and community things outside of just every three, five, six years. Yeah. And we can build that sustainability, that consistency that we need to, and then we can take, we can latch onto those opportunities and really, and really make them happen. I think when it's all said and done, positive things will come out of it. Yeah. It just not what we could have. We just sure. need secure a lot. But I, I think overall, they will definitely get to experience our culture. Sure. You know, they're bringing the Butter Art Festival. They're right. bringing Shrees. Uh, like it's going. They're going to. They're going to see us. Yeah. Um. We just. We just could have made them like not. Not. We. We could have gave them no option to not see us. Sure. Now they have an option to see us, but it's not like Shh. mandatory. Right. It's almost like you, it's kind of selective. Like you can yeah. see what you want to see still, and yeah. but there's still, there's a little bit of awareness gap that yeah. we could have filled. They're going to have private parties and stuff. Right. They don't have to come see us. Some people would be like, hey, let's see what Indiana got to offer. Right. And they'll go to check out our stuff. Yeah. But most people would be like, oh, uh, P. Diddy having a private party. You know, I'm right, going right, to right. go with what I know. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well. Damn. It's no, okay, though, man. Like <laughs> like I said, it's never too late. Even even though we're yeah. on a late notice, we could, we could force things to happen. Right. We, we could be out here with a 465 movement, 100 people, and you can't ignore it. Right. We could do that. But will it happen? Eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, but I, I, I and, and I hope that it also serves as like a wake up call to yeah. like realize when these things happen or before they happen, that we should be making them happen regardless. Facts. And we that's can, why I appreciate a gang gang. Uh, right. That that corporation, because they were thinking ahead. Right. But that they're not for the artists. They're for just the culture of Indianapolis, sure. which is which is great. Yeah. But, you know, for us as artists, we got to build something for ourselves. That's of the likes of a gang gang. Sure. You know, uh, we just haven't done that for ourselves yet. We we definitely appreciate people who involve us. Right. And their plans. But it's and, and but again, it's like still they're bringing you in. It's not something that you've created exactly. yourself. Yeah. And I think that's again, we don't have we haven't had a lot of models. And we and for the for the hip hop community, you know, you had a model for a minute, like kind of, and yeah. then it broke apart, yeah. unfortunately. And now it's like we're building that, we're building that, and getting back to that. And hopefully, like a, a gang gang, like a streets can serve as a model for how you bring this artist collective together. Right. And then take advantage of everything that is there on the table to be taken. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Um, Skip, I appreciate you sitting down, having this conversation with me. Um, dropping so much knowledge. I have just another question. One, actually, two more questions. Um, one of them's a fun one. One of them's the, the standard conversation piece question. NBA All-Star always has a celebrity game. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been asking all the guests that I've had on because they just coincidentally happen to be hoopers like yourself. Uh, if you were tapped to play in the celebrity All-Star game, how many points are you putting up? Mm. 
A lot of things factor into that question. <laughs> Everybody's got a different answer. Who's I love guarding it. me? Right? Who knows that I can play? Mm. That's going to make a big difference on how they set the tone. But if I didn't play uh, the days before and my legs feel good, I'm, I'm MVP. Oh, MVP. Yeah, I'm going to be MVP. I'm going to be the MVP because I'm going to try hard. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is another opportunity for me to, you know, showcase something. And one thing about me when I'm on the stage, like, Oh, you're gonna, gonna show be, up. Yeah, it's gonna be no short, no short. It's like I'm gonna go. MVP. Yeah. I love that answer. Yeah. That's my favorite answer. <laughs> I'm, so going, far. I'm going to be the MVP. Like there's <laughs> no, there's nothing you can do. And, and if I feel like you're you're uh, threatening my 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 position for MVP, I'm gonna lock you up. Like I'm I'm gonna. Yeah, and you got you got to be six seven or something to. Mm -mm. Even then, you I mean you're locked out. You perimeter lockdown. Yeah, for I, sure. I'm I'm just super competitive, bro. Yeah. Like they'd better never put me in a, in any kind of celebrity games. Like. <laughs> They're going to be like, Skip, you were doing way too much. Like, <laughs> I mean, I want to see that. I want to see a competitive yeah. celebrity game. For yeah, sure. Like, I feel like we could put a competitive celebrity game out absolutely. with just indie people. Absolutely. And they've done it. Yeah. And like the last, oh, yeah, yeah. the last Midwest League celebrity game, like it was so intense because it went down to the wire. It was a game winner shot. It was so intense that the, the next week we were like, let's run it back. Let's do it again. You know what I mean? Like we <laughs> wanted our get back. Born out of <laughs> we wanted our get back so bad, man. Man, that is hilarious. All right, I love that answer. MVP, I've, I, man, I vote for you, Skip. I yeah, vote for that MVP, it. 100%. Um, again, appreciate you sitting down. Last but not least, for folks out here who have been listening, who have been watching, who are ready to figure out uh, to follow you through the rest of 2024 and beyond, how do we support you? Yeah, I mean, you can follow me on social media, uh, Skip317, S-K-Y-P-P-317. My artist name is Skip, uh, Spotify iTunes, Apple Music, all that good stuff, you know, uh, it's available. It's out there. Um, but more than anything, just follow the journey, man. If you never mm. buy anything, if you only stream, that's appreciated. If you only support my Instagram page, it's appreciated. You know mm. what I mean? Like, beggars can't be choosers. Sure. You know what I mean? So whatever kind of support, you know, whatever kind of uh, love you got to give, it'll be accepted and appreciated for sure. For sure. Well, folks, y'all know that you can find everything, including Sorry for My Trauma, all the rest of Skip's music linked down here in the show notes. Make sure that you connect with him. Make sure you follow him. Make sure you follow everything that's going on in the city right now. It's important, and it is only helping us grow, taking them five steps forward. Skip, man, I appreciate you being here. Yes, sir. I appreciate being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Everybody else, you know you can connect with us on Instagram at Conversation Podpiece. New episodes of the show drop every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Make sure you leave us a rating and review on all of those platforms. And make sure you sign up for our newsletter, Conversation Piece of Newsletter, dropping every Monday. Paid subscribers get exclusive access to our companion show, Conversation Notes. That's every Wednesday. Cannot wait to share this episode and more with y'all. We have some really incredible content coming up. I'm also a dad right now, so that's exciting. I'll probably be talking about that soon. But until then, I've been the titular Patrick. This has been Conversation Piece, and this has been Skip. We'll see y'all soon.